This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. So the second week in a row, uh, the sound is not going to be that great because I thought maybe when I got back home that it would work, but I think either I broke my podcast mic, I remember when it dropped, or hopefully just broke the cord, and I don't have another kind of cord, so I'm going to order another cord first, and we'll see, but um, didn't sound great last week. I listened to it, and uh, it is what it is, but hopefully in a week or two we'll have it back, maybe even take next week off since there's no football games. Yeah, you don't sound perfect, but uh, yeah, man, upgrade this. Don't take this, uh, come on, man, take this seriously. Get, get, get your equipment together. And so I think I, I broke either the mic or the cord, but um, yeah, for now we got the shitty sound. Next time, whether we take a week off, although there's people who've been actually asking me to do this twice a week. They want more than once yeah, a week. They're annoyed sick, it's just once a week. Sick individuals. Sick individuals. <laughs> no so, doubt. Yeah. I don't even have, I don't have much to say, but I'm sure you do, so go, go nuts here, Liz. Well, I mean, there's lots of stuff, but, um, you know, one thing is last week I got some pushback. Very respectful. You know, people are, I like that. I, I feel like a lot of people are like, I enjoy the pod. I like what, the stuff, but you're off base on your take on. Yeah, I saw, and, uh, I saw a lot of that as well. Yeah. 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 People gave me pushback, but I mean, if you look at, if you look at my timeline, I don't want to rehash the whole thing because we, we went over that, but look at my timeline. There's a, a tweet. I retweeted this Glenn Greenwald tweet of a video from the New Yorker magazine inside the Capitol with the guy with the horns. He's talking to the, a policeman in there. It's very friendly. It's very nice, polite. Check out that video and think again whether you think this is a real uh, terrorist attack sedition thing or whether it's something else going on. And I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't claim to know exactly how much of it was organic or not, but it does not seem like what it was uh, made out to be. That's all I'll say. But that, that's it. I don't want to go rehash that whole – we did a whole podcast on that basically. That video is funny, though, because he finds some other guys like, oh, look at you. You're bleeding everywhere. I appreciate you, man. It's just like it's like a comedic uh, yeah. error to the whole aura to the whole thing when he sits up on there. But uh, I saw another 15-minute video that was uh, definitely had some violence and was uh, scariness and uh, an aspect that was, whoa, this shit is serious. So I don't know. Maybe the truth lies somewhere in between. But, um, but yeah, like you said, we already went through all that. Okay, so I'll just start off with something light. The uh, you might have seen this on Twitter, but a couple days ago I was in the park. It's before the lockdown. I'll get to that also. I was in the park with uh, Oscar, my six-month-old dachshund, Sasha and Heather. We're just kind of hanging out, getting some sun, doing some exercise. And Oscar trots over. We have him off the leash. He trots over like outside the immediate area to this other area. And there's another long-haired dachshund. He's like five years old. He's a lot bigger. He's not a mini like Oscar. 
And the woman walking him is with another woman with, with her own dog. And immediately, you know, everyone loves Oscar, but she immediately, like, it's like, oh, my God, that dog is so beautiful. And she picks him up and starts, like, cuddling him. And she turns to us, and she's, like, almost, it's almost like she's about to cry. She's tearing up almost, saying, this dog is so beautiful that it proves the existence of God. She's like, you, you don't know how lucky you are to have this dog. This is the most, and... I mean, I am not kidding. And I was like, you know, somebody in the in the Twitter comments when I posted that was like, are you sure she wasn't shrooming? Maybe. Maybe she was. <laughs> but, but I mean, I was feeling like it was earnest. Like she wasn't – it was like she was overjoyed. And people are like, oh, she's trying to pick you up. No, she wasn't. She was just genuinely, earnestly overcome with joy at seeing – how people have been in human interactions so badly these days uh, and anything a low bar no, I, I, my wife asked me if I'd seen that tweet of yours she loved it and I I, I held restraint of not uh, tweeting my picture of my puppy as well I thank God you did but um, yeah that's very that's funny man and it's uh, yeah you had to be there I'm sure but if someone kept crying over the moment had to be intense it was it was like I was like smiling ear to ear I was like wow thank you but you know not thank you for what it's not like I you know again like I'm not his dad I didn't make him but it was like it was such a it was such an earnest expression of pure appreciation and joy that it was like it was very uh, it, was, it was crazy <laughs> and Heather's like Heather overheard it from like 30 feet away and was like is she like a crazy person I'm like no 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 she wasn't crazy she was just expressing I mean Oscar is a handsome dog I mean, don't get me wrong but I mean this is the and everybody loves him but this was the most I've ever seen yeah, I had no problem with showing emotion like that. Yeah, I, I like no, I like that moment. That's that's uh, that's, that's funny. Uh, okay, so that was that. That was just uh, a pleasant thing. Now, uh, Portugal had fourteen thousand cases today or yesterday, and that's by far the most. Like this summer, we were getting like I want to say we're getting like four hundred, two hundred, and we got fourteen thousand. It's by far the most. Portugal per capita had the most cases in the entire world today or yesterday. And really total lockdown is total lockdown. It's, it's just, it's really unpleasant. I think they're going to close Sasha's school. They're fighting over the schools, the EU, you know, cause they're, they don't have their own sovereignty. They're beholden to the EU. I think it's like, there's like a little battle going on between them, whether they, cause they really want to keep the schools open. I mean, Portugal's a poor country. The businesses are all shut. They can't print their own currency like the U S I mean, this is, it is not great. It's not great here at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we live a pretty cushy life. Like, we order in all this great produce, and I shook 24 oysters yesterday. We ordered in those. I'm like, hey, you know, this you were going to all catch this virus. I think I might have had it like a month ago. I, I was feeling weird. Um, but we're all going to catch this virus. This thing, the new strains, the new variants. I was like, give, give me some oysters. They're a buck a piece. Get twenty four. I've gotten good at shucking them without cutting my hands. Let me interrupt you. Let, let me interrupt you. First of all, there's a whole uh, subplot in the curb episode about a shucker, and then I saw someone also comment under uh, the pod saying, you know, basically like good luck doing that name or something. Godspeed or whatever. Is it as difficult as it sounds to shuck an oyster? It is. I don't have the gloves either, so I'm at risk of cutting myself. And also, the oysters are kind of rough. Like you can kind of scrape yourself a little on them, but it's mostly the knife. Uh, I, I, maybe I'm a natural, but I've only done it a couple of times and it just, it's not easy. You've got to kind of wriggle the knife just so to find like the, the part that will open. And it's not always obvious. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. 
it's kind of like a, a pistachio. You know, some of them are like open. Well, it's, it's harder than that because the open pistachios just pop open, whereas the, even the easier oysters, you still got to wriggle the knife around and find it. But, you know, those closed pistachios are really hard to open. And some oysters are like sure. a closed pistachio, and you're like trying to figure out where, that, where you can get the knife in there. Uh, but I don't know. I'm pretty good. And they were so good. They tasted so good. And they just have so many minerals and vitamins and it's incredibly healthy for you. So I'm just starting to think cause there's new variants in South Africa and Brazil has a very contagious one. And the UK had one. I think the UK one is here and that's why everyone's getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think prevention is the, I think that they tried and failed like the masks, the distancing, the all the lockdowns. I think it was worth a shot. I think it was worth a shot. I think it was the best. Prevention's always best. Best way to go about it. But whether it was because the virus is too tough or because people didn't comply entirely and people were ignoring the, you know, people weren't wearing masks or they weren't, they were still going indoors or whatever the reason was, it failed. The strategy failed. And the cat's out of the bag. And you could say, well, no, we just need to make people comply even more. But you can't really force compliance to the extent you would need to without serious violations of people's rights and really bad second order effects. So I just think like this, you know, you gotta, you gotta give up, you know, it's like, I don't want to trivialize it, but fancy baseball, it's like, okay, I can't catch anyone's saves. I'm going to punt saves and go to focus on strikeouts or something. You know, we, we got to go to a different battle to fight. And I think the battle to fight is, is, and, and we never really hear this message except on like, you know, jacked 64 year old dude, Twitter, which is stop eating Doritos, stop eating pizza hut, you know, cook for yourself, eat meat, eat vegetables, um, stop eating processed food, learn, you know, do your research about what's healthy, figure out what vitamins, vitamin D, ivermectin apparently is very effective if you can get a prescription for it, you know, do your own research. I'm not you know, the scientist here, but why are we not encouraging people now to, okay, well, we haven't been able to beat this virus. Why don't we all like reduce the seriousness of it by exercising, getting you know sun and fresh air, and and eating really well, and just cutting out the sugars and seed oils, and just being robust against this. Well, yeah, since it's immunity, I mean, that should have been the message from the very beginning, and at minimum, it should be now. Um, but I mean, good luck with that. Uh, if you see what the hospitals feed their patients, I mean, it's, it would take quite a turnaround for the governments to to be right to suddenly start. It would take a one eighty from where we are right now. I mean, the food pyramid was upside down, and all that. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's uh, good luck. Right, and and the other reason that bolsters what you're saying is that it's not as if there weren't like tens of millions of people dying of diabetes and heart disease already and that wasn't enough to get them to stop doing that well what's a virus going to change that for you know it's it's the idea is there was already plenty of incentive to to eat healthy and reduce health care costs and reduce horrible suffering of people but they still wouldn't do it so the virus is not going to you know change it but it just seems that they're serious about public health policy instead of instead of me asking you dalton dildon to close your business um, and you to not see your mom or your grandmother, why can't I ask of myself, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pass on the, uh, the cupcakes tonight. You know, why can't I ask that of myself instead, instead of asking everyone else to, you know, take on all these hardships, which they've mostly done. You know, people have done it for 10 months. Yeah, I mean, you're preaching the choir. Yes, I, I hope they do start doing that. And it's what the, the message should be out there. Um, yeah, that, that should be the, the number one message out there now. I hope, I hope people, people are scolding other people about masks, but they're not. But 
and it's not too big of an ask. And I, and I agreed with that, you know, especially if you're indoors in a place. Look, it's not a big ask for 10 minutes in a grocery store to put on a mask. But, okay, fine. But, like, it's also not a big ask to say no to the cake. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's also not a big ask to actually be responsible for your own health and to try to uh, be resilient and, and not just wait for the government to get a vaccine or to hope that other people behave in a way that you would prefer them to behave. Yeah, that's all, that all seems fair. So, I mean, I did not realize that you were dealing with that so close to home. Um, so that's uh, definitely a difference than you're saying in the past whatever couple months than it has been. So it got bad a few weeks ago and they started like having a little bit of lockdowns, but it was still, you know, restaurants are open for takeout. I mean, I think you still order in food, but, you know, you could actually go and take out stuff or get a coffee. Um, outdoor restaurants were allowed. You know, there's that kind of stuff was going and now they just closed everything. I mean, everything's closed mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. schools are still open, but I think that's, that's coming to an end in a day or two. I mean, it's just overwhelming here and they're, they're just sort of, you know, again, like there's ways to do it, but politicians incentives are so immediately like you're going to get blamed for all this. If you don't do something drastic, Heather was trying to like work out in the park. Well, she used to have an exercise class with women. that was all outdoors in the park. It's like 10 women, but they're all like 10 feet apart doing like an exercise class outdoors, a very wholesome thing. And that got shut down. And so then she was just today by herself, just going through some of them uh, in the park where after she drops off Oscar with the, the dog sitter for the day, takes him to this thing that the one where he almost got killed. We've been, of course, sending him back to that one. And, uh, and it's been fine and they love Oscar and he's very brave. They said he always fights the bigger dogs, <laughs> but, uh, and not well, hopefully that doesn't need to be brave every time. time. Yes. Well, no, it's just, he doesn't, he's kind of tough. Like nobody messes with him. He thinks he's big. He's tiny. He weighs like, you know, as I said, like six pounds. So she's doing, she drops him off in this park and then, you know, with the dog sitters and then she's doing the exercise and a cop is like, nope, you can't do this. And she's like, well, he's like, you have to keep moving. And she's like, I've got my purse. Like I, you know, he's like, nope, sorry. So like, you're not even allowed to like exercise by yourself in the park. Yeah. Well, you're okay. So yeah, I hear a lot. Like, obviously, hear you and you're living it. Um, isn't there also some some backlash? Like, let's say Newsom is getting a lot of signatures to be recalled. So I know a lot of the shutting down certainly has its critics by now. Well, the U.S. has much more. I mean. U.S. has horrible problems, and, and the media is so gross in the U.S. It's really made, you know, done its best to destroy the country. But I think the DNA of the U.S. is still better than Europe in some ways. I love Europe, but I think people in the U.S. are just more individualistic, self-reliant. They don't just cow to authority quite as much. I think there's just more of that. And so, you know, when you shut down people's businesses, there's actually more of a backlash. I mean, there's some here, too, but... You know, these, I just think the U S has more of a of spirit. It has like more of a independent spirit and they're trying to destroy it. But I think the people of the U S are more, uh, they think for themselves a little bit more than in Europe, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so did you, uh, watch today? Uh, no, the inauguration no, no I don't, no. don't care about that dog and pony show. I, I did. The, the significant thing of today was that, you know, finding out that Trump, pardoned a bunch of criminals and rappers and did not pardon uh, mm-hmm. Assange or Snowden or Agreed. Reality Winner yeah. or Ross Ulbricht, mm-hmm. the, the Silk Road guy, but the, really Snowden and Assange are the only two that really... I knew it was likely that this was the outcome, that this was a sort of a 
a narrow-minded dude, you know. But you hoped, like, well, maybe the the deep state and the CIA pissed him off so much that he's going to put a thumb in there. No, you know. But like in the end, he was a coward. You know, he he wasn't willing to do it. And I'm sure they put pressure on him, but he just wasn't willing to have a legacy of anything. And you see him leave pardoning these random criminals and people who he's friends with or traded favors with or whatever. And you think, what a useless, I mean, it was just, it was just a, a reality show and there was all the fake stuff about Russia and all this stuff for four years. And like the truth was like more damning even. It was just, he was just a nutless monkey the whole time. There's nothing, it's not Russia. That was all fake. He's not Hitler. That was all fake, but he was just a, a nutless monkey who just had a, a huge chance to do something big because he's not only not beholden to those same people, but he's got totally walked over by the deep state and by everybody else. They totally shot on him. And I think it was Greenwald tweeted, like, no, no adult could be more cucked walking out the door than Trump. What an, yeah, what an embarrassment and a coward. Just, just I mean, again, if, if you're being realistic, there, I probably should have said there was a 10 or 20% chance he would do something. But I guess I, was, I let myself think, oh, there's like a decent chance that he might you know, do the right thing here. And nothing, a, a, just a total zero. Yeah, it seems more bark than bite. Um, and by all accounts, you know, the true they are, but it just the reports are just he was threatened by uh, you know people within the Republican Party convicting him afterward. And basically, that's then they said they did not want those three. Um, you know, they did not want that to happen. So the, he didn't. The I hope he goes to jail. I mean, I don't think he's not to my knowledge has done anything that's actually actionable. But in a way, I hope he goes to jail for being such a nutless monkey because. If he had pardoned them, he would have had such worldwide support for that that they wouldn't have been able to prosecute him. But now that he's done nothing, you're worried about the wrong thing. Yeah, ironically, I, I almost think that like yeah. they may, like the Democrats may find something and try to prosecute him. And there's no, and he's got nobody behind him anymore. You know what that I mean? actually it would be ironic, ironic too, because if he's really is doing that, I'm sure he's threatened. I'm sure he's threatened, but he's just a cowardly thing. It's like you have this power uniquely because you happen to still be president. Do it. It's the right thing. You're 70 whatever years old. I mean, just, you know, these are like heroes, American heroes, and and Julian Assange is like a a world hero of the 21st century, and you're just such a coward. And then, and you know, so, and all probably to avoid prosecution, which I don't think they would have been able to pull off given the, uh, the amount of people around the world that would have, like, you know, given him credit for that. So the main question I'm coming away with all this stuff is I don't know why I waited so long, but just the the, the FUD with Janet Yellen. Worry at all? Uh, I mean, the state's going to fight it at some point, right? I mean, it's got to. And you see that BlackRock is getting in. They have $7 trillion under management. So it's like they don't seem deterred. And in fact, if Janet Yellen is worried about it, why is she worried about it? Why is Janet Yellen? Why would Janet Yellen be worried about it? Like, if you're just looking at it, you don't, you know, you're not involved in the space yet. You're like, why is she worried about this? What, what would your answer be? Yeah, threatened. Uh, I, I, for also, I, I'm not sure that the headlines uh, are quite twisted or close to a little bit, framing them a certain way. So I'm not, whatever. I'm not going to panic. But that's definitely the news now. You know, that's what you're going to see. No, I'm asking you. I'm asking you if you if you're like just looking at it from an objective point of view and you see that Janet Yellen is worried about, you know, Bitcoin for money laundering or 
not to mention the U.S. dollar is 50 times more useful for that and has been. But assume she's worried. What's the takeaway? What does that mean? What is yeah. she worried about? Cocaine, cocaine is on 90% of U.S. bills or something. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, uh, I, like I said, maybe because she's threatened by it. Right. right? And, but threatened by she's what specifically? What is she worried is going to happen if she doesn't try to stop it somehow? Yeah, it'll, it'll win. It'll, it'll overtake. Right. So the Treasury Secretary is worried that this thing is so powerful that, and this is a this is a seven six hundred something billion dollar market cap asset class. Uh, it's not very big, you know. It's not even as big as Facebook, or it's about the same size, you know. It's smaller than Facebook, but they're worried this is going to take over the entire. You know, they're worried about it. Doesn't that isn't that a good buy signal? Wow, she thinks this thing could grow to a point where it's a danger. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I, I saw, saw someone, someone tweet this psyops, you know, it's time right now, psychological warfare. Oh, all right, okay, all right, so you're not, you're not super, super worried? Well, there's, there's, that was one thing of FUD. The other FUD was Tether. They've been going on about that. Yeah. So I didn't really understand it. I did a little research, and, and essentially I think what Tether is is that the exchanges, most of them are not licensed banks. There are some that are. In a bank, you can deposit dollars, and you can deposit your dollars, and then you can like take those dollars and buy Bitcoin with it or sell some Bitcoin. You have both Bitcoin and dollars at a, an exchange that's also a bank. You can have both. But most exchanges, it's a lot of regulation to be considered a bank. They can't store your dollars. So you have to link it to another bank, and every time you buy, pulls out from your bank, and you, know, and you get the Bitcoin there. But you can't store money in certain places. So, so they had so they created this stable coin. It's basically another blockchain. It's like another Bitcoin or Ether, Ethereum or you know one of those um, XRP or whatever it is. It's like another you know blockchain based coin, and it's just one for one for dollars. And the reason they did that is because you could buy this coin in a particular bank with dollars, and then you could take you know all at once, and then you could take the tether that you bought. And then you could, I think, put it, use it with the exchange to buy the Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Yes. I've, I've attempted to read up on it okay. as well. It's complicated. So it's yeah. basically just because the exchanges are not allowed to be banks, a lot of them, unless they go through a lot of regulation, they can't take your dollars in deposit. Depo- you can't deposit dollars there. So if you wanted mm-hmm. to put a, a lot in, uh, it was easier to just de- you know, deposit Tether there because they could carry Tether like they carry you know, multiple altcoins. And then you could use the Tether to buy the Bitcoin. And then, but then there was some concern that, te- that the company that you know issues Tether—it's a centralized company. I forget what it's called, but it's centralized. It's not decentralized—is um, not audited. So essentially, they could print Tether. It's supposed to be dollar. For, you have to put dollars in to get Tethers out because it's one for one. But apparently, they had issued more Tether than there were dollars. And then, if you start doing that, they could just print like billions of Tether to drive up the price of Bitcoin. But it's not actually dollars going into the system. It's this fake tether because the tether is not actually being bought with dollars. That was the accusation. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, they're pumping, pumping the price. They could pump it with fake money, right? So it's not really that market cap. Okay, okay. Right, yeah. So I don't know how much of that is true. I heard it was still 70 or 80%. was still matched to the dollar, but they couldn't really audit it, so they don't know for sure. They don't know that it's not. They were a little bit of trouble for regulatory reasons. And then... 
also how much of you know the market cap is really tether related i heard that it was 80% but then it's not the actual market cap it was the trading volume and a lot of people trade back and forth all day so if you could have $100,000 in your account and move 2 million back and forth right because you're buying selling buying selling 20 times a day it's not really the market cap you're just moving that much so maybe more is traded than the actual market cap obviously and so this may be a small part of the market cap and even most of it's backed by actual US dollars so this came around in 2017. Most of the OGs kind of dismiss it, but some of these finance guys are saying, no, this is big, or maybe China's behind the pumping, and who knows? It's more FUD, basically. You know, it's not very, uh, it's not like solid, it's all speculation, but just more things to scare people. I probably shouldn't even mention yeah, this. Yeah, no doubt. The, my, my answer to that has just been, personally, I've just, the people I respect the most in the community have, have pretty much dismissed it and have long explanations, and I've just settled with that. But that could just be naive, it could be wrong, it could just be positive reinforcement. But the people that I respect the most in it don't seem to be super worried about it. But yeah, that is absolutely another another thing out there. Yeah, I just put it out there. And because the, the, the scary thing isn't that I think this is, I don't think the people who've mentioned this have made like a, a very compelling case. They've made a case that this is a little shady and, you know, whatever it is, this tether thing is probably not ideal to have involved with the system, but it is what it is. To me, it doesn't sound like a case that invalidates the main thesis, which is much deeper than this. But I just mentioned it. I probably shouldn't, but I just do, just because in the end, you and I don't know, right? Like, we don't know. We, we think. We try to go to first principles. We try to listen to people who make strong first principles-based arguments about the nature of money, about the technology, about what's going on in the world, and we try to understand them. But we don't know. I, I just want to put that out there. We don't know for sure. Nobody knows for sure. I mean, there's people who know more than me who are more technically into the, into the technical details who understand it better. I'm very, I'm very convinced that this is a technology. It's a network. It's a technology, and it's a, a monetary called currency yet or whatever it is, store value, um, that obviously has worked over 11 years, 12 years. Okay. Yeah, well said, man. I couldn't, I'm proved wrong daily on my day job, so I'm, yeah, right. fully I'm just saying, I, I, I want to make sure, I, I'm not trying to sow you know, fear into people because I'm still bullish, but I also don't want people to think like, oh, you know, hey, look, look how much it's run up. These guys know what they're doing. Like, we know what we know. You know, we, <laughs> we don't know for sure. And then, so the, the incoming SEC chairman, that seems like hopefully good news, right? Well, the, the fact that, uh, is it BlackRock? I, I keep getting confused with BlackRock, Blackstone. Anyway, the, the giant asset manager, BlackRock, I think, is, uh, is putting in like $7 trillion. Yeah, this, apparently the incoming SEC chair is, is friendly. Yeah, Gary, yeah, Gary Gensel, I guess he's uh, Preston Pitt, our guy. Um, he, uh, he tweeted a 24-course video lecture series brought to you by MIT, and it's him getting it. It's the new SEC chairman all getting a 24-course video all on Bitcoin. So one would think that would be bullish, but who knows? It might, but I don't trust the government at all on the incentives. You know, yeah, I know. Once they're in there, things, yeah, it could change immediately. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's all... It's all yeah, I agree. You look at AOC, like she was like against corruption, and and now she's like protecting Nancy Pelosi's left flank. You know, it's once they get in, it gets really yeah. warped. So I don't, I don't trust any of them. All right, fair. So a couple other things. Um, 
don't read the mainstream news. Like, just don't look at it. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Like, to me, like, my, my brain is so much clearer than the people getting the news. I feel like I just, I listen to the takes people, I'm like, why do you believe that? And then you realize, oh, they've been exposed to a whole bunch of stuff that I haven't been exposed to. So just, I can't, I can't tell you how much clearer you can just analyze the situation when you're not being bombarded by, like, the prevailing opinion. And they do it in ways that's, you know, convincing, persuasive. And it seeps into your brain and you start to have premises about what's going on in the world that have been implanted there. You can be hacked. Your brain can be hacked. My brain can be hacked. Delete, I mean, mute, block the blue checks. I actually think it's like eating seed oils or wearing polyester clothing. By the way, polyester washes up in the oceans, plastics. Avoid polyester to the extent you can. The corporate news is the seed oils of the information diet. And I just think, don't even debunk them or fight them or rail against them. Just turn them off. Turn it off. It's like eating seed oils. You know, I can bring this back to Bitcoin. I can personally witness it after, I'm in no way an expert, but after, you know, setting up on it the last, whatever, six months and then watching the the different uh, type of articles that would appear in the mainstream compared to now is just hilarious. And the, uh, it's just such an arm's length, the uh, big corporations are putting out articles now and maybe question on any subject in which I am not in any way familiar with, just that I trust it, just because this this label is putting it out because... I, I, I can see how haphazardly they, they can do things in, in an area which I know a little bit about. Yeah, Michael Crichton coined a term, I forget what it's called, but it's basically it's the something effect where you, and I remember when they did the DFS controversies five or six years ago, and it was the New York Times, did an, they tried to do like an expose on DFS, and they conflated some offshore illegal gambling operations and FanDuel. And there were issues with FanDuel. It wasn't it had nothing to do with the you know a bag of cash in an alley, which some of these offshore gambling operations were doing when it was still illegal. And they were conflating the two. And if you read the article, you were like, "This guy doesn't know anything of what's going on." Because you know we were in the industry. I was. It was like this is totally wrong. And then you go and read something about the Middle East, and you think, "Oh, this is what's going on in the Middle East." <laughs> when the thing that you know about. You know how wrong they are, so it's, it's it's interesting how that is. And now, as you're saying about Bitcoin, like you know some things, and you're like, this is totally incorrect. And yet, you read about something you don't know, and you just assume, yeah, they probably know what they're talking about. Right, especially if it's like a notable, you know, business insider, uh, Forbes magazine right. putting these out. You know, I mean, it's Forbes is a bunch of a Bloomberg right now is the most fun ever. So, like, I'm curious what the reasoning behind that is. But um, yeah, you also see, and I can also point out a certain slants that I'm guaranteed that one company is going to have too, which is not great. So I don't know. It's a it's, yes. Uh, this is me saying I agree with you. Be skeptical of, of the media, but I'm taking it farther. Don't be skeptical of the media. Turn it off. It's completely disregarded. Yeah. It, it, it's like I remember uh, when trans fats, the seed oils, like hydrogenated seed, seed oils that you have in like margarine. I remember reading a, a book, a health book, and they were like the allowable dose of trans fats in a healthy diet is zero. It's zero. It's not reduce. It's just zero. And I'm starting to feel the corporate news, like the allowable amount of corporate news. Obviously, you're going to come across them accidentally. Um, in, in a person who can think clearly is basically zero. 
it's just turn it off. Mute. I see a lot of people dunk on the blue checks, and I'm being guilty of it too. Don't even read it long enough to dunk on it. Just avoid because you're, they're trying to zombify you, and you see the zombies out there. So just, just think it's something to be uh, very careful of. Man, I, I just was reading a Business Insider article about Beyond Meat, how that's going to be uh, it's one of the healthiest foods now, despite it being processed. And like the first ingredient is a vegetable oil, and they even bring in these doctors. And one of the quotes was, uh, or nutritionist, sorry, was her concern about coconut oil. It's like, what? That's like the one thing that's okay for you. It's like, it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's this business, business insider pushing a Beyond Meat a product as healthy. Not, not just that it's not horrible for you, but that it's healthy. I mean, it's, it's, it's rough, man. It's bad. I mean, it's, it's sad. I mean, they're literally just destroying people's health and it's just for what, for an agenda, you know, what agenda is it? I, I have I'm thinking of writing a story, you know, I write these, uh, these parables. I wrote one. We didn't talk about it. Did we? The, the one I wrote about, uh, no, no. Yeah, I think it's, well, you wrote one within, within this past week, right? Yeah. The black the, hole basically yeah. that I wrote about. So they're parables, obviously. You liked it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I wrote about it. I posted it on Twitter. Um, But, you know, this thing's a black hole, and I didn't know that there was a black hole right here on planet Earth. And as it grows larger, you know, people are worried about what to do about it. And I think I want to write one about conspiracy theories. I don't know if I can do it. It's too big. Rather than saying, here's what I think happened. The thing was in a lab, or it wasn't in a lab, or whatever. Like, forget about people just going to argue and... But you can always write a parable. <laughs> That's the best way to do it in some ways. It's to like show it. And anyway, I was thinking. Especially if you're clever enough to pull it off like you have. I mean, like you do. I mean, that takes some intelligence. But yeah, that was really well done. Thank you. These are simple, though. These are kind of simple ideas that this would be more complex. But anyway, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I can pull it off, actually. Um, all right. Just before you jump out, I just brought this up. The first three ingredients for Beyond Beef are water, pea protein, is in PEA, and pressed canola oil. That's the third ingredient for your Beyond Meat is canola oil. So anyway, continue. Canola oil, I forget where it comes from. It's cotton seeds. Maybe that was Crisco. Canola comes from something else. But these seed oils are like industrial byproducts. They're making cotton, and they had all these cotton seeds that were extra, and they figured, oh, well, we can just squeeze the oils and put that in food. I mean, it's, these are like industrial byproducts, and they convince people, oh, well, yeah, no, this is actually good. And they hire some nutritionists or doctors, or they do some fake study, and they promote this stuff as healthy for human consumption. Fluoride is also an industrial byproduct. I can't remember, maybe in making aluminum. I, can, I don't know that you could look, all the stuff is on the web. You can find out like what it is. But yeah, and nothing needs a higher source of omega 6, which just screws up your all your insulin resistance. It's the root of all diseases. So just stay away from the omega 6s. And literally, the worst source of that are vegetable oils. Right. And, and you need omega 6, but historically, you know, when we evolved for a million years, we had a ratio of omega 3, which is like fish oil and there's a couple of nuts and stuff and seeds that have it, but it's mostly fish oil uh, and some meat. Uh, omega-3s were 3 to 1, somewhere between 3 to 1, omega-3 to omega-6, and 1 to 1. And now the average American, I think, has 20 or 30 to 1, omega-6 to omega-3. So it's not that they're bad in and of itself. It's the dose. It's that you're getting a yeah, mega dose of something that your body, and omega-6s are you know for blood clotting so you don't bleed to death when you get a cut, and omega-3s reduce inflammation. And so many diseases, insulin resistance and, and heart disease and all the artery damage, it's all inflammation in your body. And so you're basically, 
you, you, you have to calibrate this thing. And it's, it's for almost everybody, even me, even though I'm pretty healthy now, it's calibrated toward inflammation too far. And that's why the omega-3 stuff's so good for you. Oh, yeah. All, all that you said is true. You're going to easily find your omega-6. The omega-3s are the right. hard, harder ones to find. Yes. And make sure if you're eating fish, get wild cotton. This is wild in the farm. It's like night and day. Um, it's like you can process candy versus not. Um, and if you can, grass-fed beef, that's another source for the, for the omega-3s. So, yes, everything you said is true. Trying to balance those out. One to one would be ideal, but, man, most Americans are probably more than you said, 30, 40 to one. And that causes inflammation, which is yeah, the problem with all diseases. Right. And it's true. Like, you don't have it's like uh, you don't have to worry about your omega sixes, right? You're going to get them even not even trying to. And yes. It's not something you have yeah. to be concerned with, because if you think about it, it comes from so many grains and processed food that just didn't exist in nature. It was hard to get. You didn't get that much omega six, and your body evolved yeah. not to have a lot of that. You know, maybe and also be careful. Sorry, be careful how they uh, advertise things. Like walnuts, for instance, have a ton of omega three. But they also have an absolute massive amount of omega-6. The ratio is one of the largest you can get, so they're actually not ideal for you. Because, yes, they do have a lot of omega-3, but you're getting so much omega-6, the ratio really throws you off. But oh, I didn't know that about walnuts. I didn't know that. I told Sasha to eat them because I said that uh, they look like a brain, so they're good for your brain. Oh, uh, no, walnuts are getting the most omega-6 food. Uh, one of the highest. I'm sorry to chill out on some of those. Okay, good. I learned something. All right. Uh, oh, one more thing before we get into these games. Uh, I did a. I'm doing a draft Champions League online draft and hold. Oh, I, what's one of my notes for you? Actually, what's the only other note here is. Uh, oh, other than Harala uh, Bob's tweet, I just want to say real quick. It's pretty funny. Apparently, he made the most one of the most biggest bets he won is uh, betting on the U.S. election after the votes were counted. And I just thought that's pretty funny. He's bragging that the, the sporting books kept the, the those alive afterward and finally cashed in today. I did see uh, so your other thing to have up is you talking about your your FOMO, and uh, I'm getting jealous too, and I want to do one now to talk about it. it sounds like Bieber and Bueller's start is too good to be true. It's one of those that will never happen to me. Yeah, probably not. And then they'll both get hurt. But yeah, so I, you know, I'm not really up on baseball. I'm actually doing football projections already because there's like best balls for football, so I'm doing 2021 football projections. But I, I Jeff has done the baseball stuff, and we're talking about it now in XM. And he got into one of these, and you know, it kind of gets you doing your research. Every time you got to pick, and you've got a few guys, you got to like look up what deals with them. And then you know, by the time you're done with the draft, you're sort of up on baseball. And so I figured, okay, screw it, I'll do it. So I got the 13th pick in a 15-team league, and I got Bieber, failed me. And I was I would have taken Bueller if someone had taken Bieber before me, but someone else went yeah. before me who I was kind of surprised about. And uh, and then so then I took Bueller on the way back. And so I did the Dalton Del Don. I got the, both pitchers from the first two picks. And I don't think I'm going to go a pitcher in round three, although I could. It's, it's a draft and hold, so it's a little different than a regular league. Like You kind of need to get some saves because you can't just – pick up the guy whose name closer you have to do in advance it's also january and you have to get some steals in advance you have to you can't just you know you know you have to get some other categories especially in this league but it's pretty fun to have those two pitchers right now yeah i love the start i'm going to sign up for one now uh soon and i'm definitely going pitcher heavy and don't forget to uh not duck me and keep me uh keep me in the loop whenever you eventually do the beat chris listen one yeah because uh, Rotowire ones are open, too, already, too. They're open. We can do one. It's very interesting to jump in the league now. On one hand, there might be all the people that are sharks because they're so, you know, it who's crazy, man, trying to do it now. But, man, there could also be some possible – I mean, obviously, the ADP is going to look so wildly different two months from now. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to fire one of those, too. Yeah, and no, I'll probably do one of those soon, too. 
Um, all right, you want to talk about these couple of games? I really don't have a strong feel on these games. I, to me, these were coin flips, but I, you know, I, I wrote them up. I, I took both favorites actually. I, I would not like put any serious money on this. Yeah, yeah, so, so I've, I've had a horrible regular season, but had a decent uh, last two weeks. Hit 14 parlays these last two weeks. Um, had the Rams two weeks ago. and was on the bus this week. I was upset. I, I was like, we finished the pod last week. I'm like, I wanted to sucker listen to a $20 bet. Then you like, the Saints was your best bet. And then I'm like, it's okay. I'll get him on the XM show. And then you ducked me uh, on Thursday morning. So I was away. Uh, I couldn't get the internet. They wouldn't, let, wouldn't, they wouldn't let me even try it on the internet I had. Because uh, it was, it didn't like the speed test was too slow, and they never, they don't want to risk it. And I was going to my friend's house, twelve miles away, that he rented, and doing it in their internet, which was faster. And then they left, so I couldn't do it. But yeah, you would have won that bet. But the Saints are up twenty thirteen, driving in midfield, and Jared Cook fumbles, turned the whole game around. No doubt about it. It wasn't like I was clearly on the right side or something. And to be clear, I'm also uh, very much in the hole still this season, but uh, excited about a couple of decent weekends, sure to be uh, downhill from here. I would do a teaser with the home teams here because I'm with you. I took both home teams, but I don't feel overly confident. I actually was locked in at a, at a number early in the week that Green Bay has gone down. Uh, it's at three right now in most places. I thought that would go up, if anything. But I could see it. Tampa Bay killed them the last time they, they faced him. Um, Mahomes' status is unclear. So I certainly don't feel strongly, but my, my betting is going in the teaser with the home teams. Teaser and get it uh, above seven, basically. You get it off of three and above seven. Yeah, I would probably just pay the seven points and get as much as you can. If you could get it over three, three and a half or four. Even. Um, what uh, do the minus 40, whatever the juice would be with that? What, uh, what are your thoughts on Mahomes? Because I just was watching a YouTube clip uh, waiting for you to call me up for the pod about a doctor saying, you know, the, the fencing motion was clearly, that was a concussion. But, I, I mean, it was such a weird hit. Maybe he was choked out, like he just lost consciousness. So what, what are your thoughts on that? That's very interesting. Well, I asked Stefani about it today, and she was like, no, it could just be sort of a whiplash. Oh, yeah, so she and I got an argument. Because she was saying it was like a whiplash thing, but that's not what we got an argument about. She's like, it doesn't necessarily, you're not there, you don't know that it wasn't a concussion. Um, but and she said, regardless, they're counting as a concussion. The neurologist said it was a concussion. And I said, okay, that's fine. But the main thing I was like is that he's going to play. I mean, unless he's brain dead, he's going to play. They're not going to let some neurologist on Friday say, oh, you still have a headache? Sorry, you can't play in the championship game. There's just no way that the neurologist is going to make that decision for a billion-dollar organization trying to win its back-to-back Super Bowl in the championship game with their star quarterback. They're not going to let some dude. And, and so, yeah, the other thing is, does Mahomes say he has a headache? Right, no, I, that's what I said. That's what I said. So he's not going to admit he had a headache, you know, unless it's, like, so terrible that he's, you know, or why not just lie about it and then Sunday, if he really can't go, then, you know, then bow out. You know what I mean? But, like, you, you don't want the the automated medical system that they, this, the system they set up of concussions to make the decision for you, not a decision of this magnitude. They pay the guy $500 million or whatever. It's a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar franchise trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, you can't be like, Oh no, the, you know, this is the protocol. You can't go. They're going to want to make that decision. So obviously if Mahomes is truly compromised, he just won't play Sunday, but it's not going to be because, you know, on Friday they called it off. There's just, to me, there's like no chance of that. The fact that the spread was already out like Sunday night at minus three felt like people kind of had a feeling he's going to play. Um, so I'm assuming he's going to play. It should be a good game, though. So, you know, the last uh, so a couple of interesting stats here, whatever, meaningless, but Chiefs have led in 60 straight games. Um, and then, but in their last eight wins, none have been biting seven points. I know Ted Bell's been kind of on them as a fraud. 
Um, they haven't scored more than 22 points at home since like week nine, and they played four straight times there. So something going on with that offense, but I'm still on them. I think they'll get it right, but um, the Bills defense is playing better. I expect both games to be uh, competitive for sure. Yeah, I, I think Mahomes, I, the thing that worries me the most about him, not the concussion at all, it's the toe. Because he was kind of gimpy, yeah. and he was grimacing a lot. And his game is scrambling and scrambling to throw downfield. And they don't, well, they might get Clyde Edwards Alaire back, which I actually think would be big. I, I didn't think he was going to play, but looks like he practiced a little bit today because he doesn't check down. The reason Clyde Edwards Alaire was a fantasy bust, besides getting hurt, COVID, whatever, uh, is because Mahomes does not check down. Because why would you check down when you can scramble for 13 yards or scramble and throw a touchdown to Tyree Kill? So, but if he's a little more limited, Mobility-wise, this is the time to use a really good back like this. I don't. The, I think it actually matters their running back right now to have a top pass-catching back who's shifty and can break tackles, is low to the ground would be a kind of an important thing if Mahomes is gimpy. So I'm a little worried about Mahomes' toe. Not worried about his concussion. I think uh, I picked the Chiefs. I mean, I just if Mahomes is mostly healthy, I just trust him more than Josh Allen, even though Josh Allen's great now. That's why I took that. And then the, the Packers I took because of the weather. I know Brady's comfortable in the weather, but Rodgers is like unbeatable in the cold weather historically. And, you know, Tampa's in Florida. Rufus talked about it a bit on the, on the show today that warm weather teams dropping 40 degrees or whatever. Uh, it is a big home field advantage. So I'm a little worried about the Bucks though, because uh, if the Bucks stop the run and get after Rodgers like in that first game, you know, that's Rodgers was his only bad game of the year, but I, I still took the Packers. Yeah, so you, it's a good point here about the Bills' defense, especially this week. Uh, I think they had the lowest uh, neutral pass rate. They just bring everyone back and force everything underneath. They just do not give up big plays. So especially with an immobile Mahomes, maybe a CEH becomes of extra importance. Um, the Iron Rogers trading that seventy-one and one in the leading at halftime at home. That's pretty good. I kind of like the fact that he looked, you know, had such a bad game against the Bucks uh, in the regular season. Um, but yeah, it should be a should be a good. One. The, uh, the, I, I believe this stat is also true. The most pressure a Sean McVay quarterback ever was last week against the Packers. So if they can get to Brady, that could be something there. But then on the flip side, their defense is getting healthy too. You know, Devin White back and the, the Vita off the, um, the IR too. So um, should be, should be. I don't know. I'm looking forward to this weekend and uh, should be, should be a couple of good matchups. Yeah, it should be pretty good games. All right, man. Anything else for me before we go? We do. We have. Um, I did have a couple really quick things. One, um, the uh, Bomani Jones podcast I will recommend, um, I believe, over the past week or so. His guest was Vernon Maxwell. And A, the whole thing is great. Vernon Maxwell was overlooked in our XM uh, draft of uh, you know sports guy enforcers uh, <laughs> right. back in the day. Um, but if for no other reason than he told a story about Akeem Olajuwon, and I had no idea that before Akeem uh, converted to, to Muslim, when it was just an A and no H for his name, he led the leagues in texts and once slapped the taste out of Vernon Maxwell's mouth and was just generally not the person that I remembered, uh, the calm and you know, practicing Ramadan Olajuwon that I remember. And uh, did you know that about Akeem? Do you remember him? I, I remember Akeem before he converted. It was Hakeem, but I, I don't remember him being like a, a rough dude. Yeah, he, I remember the calm version that led to yeah. the two titles. I don't remember the, uh, the rough version. Too bad. Well, apparently, that's the leading text and slapping the taste out of Vernon Maxwell's mouth. Pretty funny. And finally, I, uh, I tweeted my finally my year, my favorite uh, TV shows and movie. I had movies on there too, uh, list too. So check out that if you uh, and then come at me if you have any opinions or any shows I missed there. 
And uh, yeah, man, good, good stuff. Good times, as always. All right, man. Take it easy.